Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Counselor? Counselor? Is that you? Counselor? Come out, come out, wherever you are. Hello, Counselor. Remember me? March 5th, 1836. The Siege of the Alamo. You are there. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato. Enlighten me. Well, I'm getting that mix just right, just, right now. You, you've tweeted out a photo of your, uh, yeah. your brown drink. I'm getting in prime podcasting mood right now. Because the last one wasn't worth a shit. No, it was terrible. I told stories about my exes. That's Nobody gives a shit about that. I think everybody is interested in a woman beating you. And yeah. not beating you in the good way, like with a black, with a black corset and a whip. I'll tell those stories next next episode. Those are live event stories right there. We don't want to go on record for any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, we probably better do those off air. That's that's in person material. Well, this is Can You Hear Me, the podcast this week with two guys who are going to talk about an awful lot of Twitter questions we've gotten and some emails and whatnot. R.I.P. Heavy. Did I grow up in a communist country? And R.I.P. Heavy. First Clay, now Heavy, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. I expect Heavy Clay and Bobby the Brain to be up there like Abe Lincoln, the Crocodile, and Obi Wan, or whoever. Or uh, what was the guy's name with the fake hand? Uh, Chubbs. Chubbs. Yeah. Yeah. Chubbs. All right. I'm Gustav Monteblanc. I'm Ty Webb. And you can find us. Boy, that just blew the level out. Look out! <laughs> we'll have oh. to go ahead. I'll just lower your levels right now, and you better lower that. them up. So we got hard drinking Ty in the house. We're going to fix that post-production the best we can. <laughs> <laughs> I you, just killed the satellite that's feed. That's all right. Knock down Sputnik. We're going to uh, always find us on Twitter at Can You Hear Me Pod. You can find us online at our website where all of our old episodes are at at CanYouHearMePod.com. You can email us at CanYouHearMePod at gmail.com. And you can contact us directly on Twitter. Ty will give you his DMs. (laughs) DM me, baby. Everybody DM me. If you're hearing this, DM me. If you're not hearing this, tell somebody to DM me. How, how, how much did old people like the term BM? Oh, too much. Too much. I didn't like that. No. I have lowered mine. That was, that went right along with cornbread and buttermilk for the old folk. Oh, yeah. That's better. Okay. And you can find me at Real Gustav. How can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at TyWeb3000. Give me a DM. 
slip into those DMs oh, right man, now. Oh, man, just slide right on in. You know who you are. Slide in. <laughs> Come on now. It's going to be nothing but DMs from... Uh, from some of our listeners I already. I haven't got a good DM in a long time. Hit me up. That sounds Love so creepy. those first time, long time. Ah, oh, first time, long time. Love those first time. My kids long love time. Spare Wars, the old bit. <laughs> oh, with Galloway yeah. doing yeah. Galloway Kenobi. Galloway Kenobi. First time, long time. <laughs> yeah, I've infected. Dabbity, dabbity. I've infected my kids with with hard uh, with classic uh, ticket sticks. So man, I've been listening to a lot of that on Unticket lately. The classic. Oh, it's so great! Classic Hardline. You forget just how great that was. Yeah, I miss it so bad. The prime of Grego and R.I.P. Kevin Scott. Loved yeah, him. K. Scott was great. That that mix to me was as good as it gets. Yeah, that was the best. That's that's my Hardline. Yeah, round. I think. For me, about 2002 to 2004, 2005 even was prime yeah. time. I was listening, I started listening heavy about 2000, 2001. And it was after, well, it, I, I guess I started listening about the time Kevin Scott started. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, it, man, he was, he was great. He was great. And shout out to Jake, man. Jake is the boss. He is. I know he doesn't listen, but somebody listens that knows Jake. Just tell that fucker he's the boss. You know, we've said it before. Jake and TC doing IJB is probably one of the main reasons we started this. TC is the boss, too. I like me some TC. Yes, I do, too. And I think, you know, people bag on TC for stuff on the ticket. I generally think those people have never listened to IJB or his old movie podcast or... um, Politics is local, all politics. That's I don't where see they, how he keeps up with all that shit. That's where they know, especially now that they're doing the uh, premium IJBs. I know, man. That's, uh, For our 10-year anniversary show, I want TC and Jake. On with us? Yes. that that That's the ultimate goal. For our 10-year anniversary. I, right now, I'd settle for just a return invite from Megan, because you got two, and I've only got one. So, Megan, if you're listening, you know, give me... Give Brother Man a call. So I'm ready. We, we have some... We need to do the conversation. Watch the conversation. I watched it again you, you just c- the other day. You have kind of got... Not kind of got... You have a conversation Gene Hackman mustache going right now. I do, don't I? I'm Harry Call. I mean, <laughs> it's pure Harry Call. Uh, big Harry Call. Big Harry Call. I, I watched it the other day. It, I think it gets better every time I watch it. Man, I... That's one of the that's one of the last actual DVDs that I had before I sold all mine right. back. I've man, I've seen that so many times. It's so good. It's so good. And I think it was is it seventy four? I want to say it was about the same age that I am. Yeah, it's, that we are. It's 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 about that time. It's either seventy three or seventy four. And He's didn't Coppola? So what did he make? Like he made something. He's like, I'll make this, but you have to let me make this. Yeah. And I know the conversation was the thing that he he got to make because he made whatever. I think they talked about that some in that series that if you haven't seen, especially you, you need to put at the top of your list that IFC series, A Decade Under the Influence, about the movies of the 70s. I've seen part of it. It's like three. It's three yeah. parts. And it is so great. Because, I mean... I know you agree with me that 70s movies were fantastic. 
starting with starting, you know, I'll branch it out to especially early to mid seventies. About I'll I'll push the 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 bracket out to about sixty eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, sixties were good too. No, but the early sixties, late sixties. Yeah, but late sixties through the mid seventies. I agree a hundred percent. In the late seventies, I mean, there's there are a couple of movies. In fact, I had a dream. Nobody wants to hear about you talk about your dreams. I realize that, Gustav. I do. But I had a dream this morning that was almost straight out of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where Dreyfus is in the truck driving along the dark road. I basically had that version of dream with my shitty truck. Same thing. And I love me some Dreyfus. I like some Dreyfus. I I, I like early Dreyfus. Do you like Daryl Hammond doing Dreyfus? As Walter Matthau yes. auditioning for Star Wars. Yes, that was one of the most <laughs> meta things ever. <laughs> yes, that Daryl Hammond is underrated, just like the American West. Man, so great. All right. So we're talking about Megan briefly there for a second. Megan, we love you. So we love you, but right now the score is two one Gustav, and he is rubbing my face in that shit. So call me. Let's get back together. I know that you like me more than Gustav, and I want to prove it to Gustav by being on your show again. Well, funny you should mention that. So we asked for listener interaction today, and we got way more than I expected. Yay, yay. Very happy. And one of those was from Megan. Nice. And I said, do you have any questions for Ty? And she said, you can just talk about how awesome I am. She T- is awesome. And it said Megan T- is awesome. It said TY, which I'm meant, in love with Megan. Thank you. She won't ever say that to you. She won't, but that's okay. I know it's partially true. And she said thank you, not Ty. That's what the T TY meant. I'm gonna pretend it's Ty. But she asked the question, what's your stance on pooping at oh. work or in public? I'm very old school when it comes to the buttocks arts, whereas I I'm all about discretion. I'm a home base. I prefer home base. Um, the way my office is set up, I've got private bathroom situation, which is what everyone should have. But I, but I always feel like the private bathroom, especially if it's off of your office, is kind of a double-edged sword. Well, this is the best of both worlds because at my office set up, I've got private bathroom, but it's down from my office. Perfect. So, I mean, sometimes I get a little bit of that curb your enthusiasm where if you're walking by the same secretary all the time, they kind of know what's going on. But I just, I could not be further from the open door policy. I don't believe in that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's bad. No No one should do that. Everyone, if you're living at a home with a female, which sometimes I recommend, you should have separate bathrooms if possible. If not, you should. It, there should be a line of demarcation. Just like the papal line of demarcation that split the New World between Spain and Portugal. That's right. I mean, I am not for... I, I don't think there should be any crossing the stream, so to speak. Yeah, no. I, if you go in that wing of the house, I don't want anyone else even entering that perimeter. So as as an open, you know, as a much as a free flowing communication between Mrs. Gustav and I and I have, we are definitely not open door. I'm proud to hear that. I wouldn't have expected anything less, but that makes me happy to know that. Now, I'm assuming Heavy's in the in the same boat. I don't see him as an open door kind well, of guy. Well, first off, 
Heavy might not be. I don't know about his stance, but I can guarantee you, Mrs. Heavy is definitely not open door. She's too good of a woman she's, for that. She's a saint. She is. Okay? There, I said it. She's Saint Longmire. That ain't going to be for Heavy. It's going to be for her. If she's listening, which I know she's not. She probably is. If she would have gone on that date with me, her life would have turned out very different. Man, think about how much different that would have been. That would have been so much worse for her. Mm. Yeah, she's she's living the high life now with Heavy. With she, so many pelts. So many pelts. All yeah, the, I don't have that big pelt money. All like the Heavy's turquoise. Got. Yeah. I'm not adorned in turquoise. Unlimited mules. So many mules. So, I like I said, I'm a home base guy. I would home rather, base is always perfect. I would rather get that out in the morning before I head to work. Now, Take since I business. travel often, I do have to adopt the hotel as my home base. Right. You know, there's no choice. Nothing wrong with that. No. But I do feel bad sometimes. Like, maybe uh, that poor maid, I, like, I ought to leave a note on the outside of the door saying, hey. TSA took my poopery. Might want to circle back at yeah, a later date. Come back, come back about three. I've gotten much less. Mm, well, I say that. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten much less OCD about that kind of thing over the years, to where I'm m- much more willing to expand my horizons right. on where I'm willing to do such a thing. But it's still like it just. There's no reason for anyone else to know about that. Yeah. You're familiar with the relative size of East Texas State University? I am. I've got family members that attended that fine institution. So when I was going to school there, part of my academic career, I had a... Look at you with all your degrees. Look at me. I had a female friend who one of her goals was to drop a deuce in every building there. See, I don't even want to hear about girls dropping a deuce. I don't even like to think about it. I'm I'm with Reiner that it doesn't happen. It would be wonderful if that was just sealed shut. I've got no problem with that. I, yeah, I don't like to think about it. I don't either. That that just weirds me out to even consider that. So. I consider it a genetic mutation that it even exists. Yeah. At least we don't have cloacas. That's true. <laughs> You know, where it's all coming out the same spot. Yeah, that that would be a whole nother level that's, problematic. That's, <laughs> how do the how do these dinosaurs even breed? Come on. That's the reason they're not here anymore. There was something I saw on the internet the other day, and it was some argument against dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. But it was basically like Was this Osteen? No, it wasn't Osteen. It was they were showing an artist rendering, because obviously we don't have any pictures of dinosaurs. Shout out, Jake. <laughs> but it was a male and a female. It may have been a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I like to call them T-Rex. And it was pointing out that the female T-Rex's tail would get in the way of grexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And, you know... Somebody pointed out, well, that doesn't stop, you know, lizards and stuff and dogs and everything else. But still, considering how big that tail might be, or like a brontosaurus or anything. Anyway, I'd never thought about... Not that we're opposed to a big tail. No, I I support the big tail. Mark. You're welcome. I'll I'll certainly... I'd like to think... Is that the name of the episode? I support support the big big tail. tail. I like to 
to take pride in the fact that big tail money that I cut out as many marks for myself as I do for heavy. Heavy's the king of marks. He is. Yeah. And you know, you're hard. I got to catch up. I'm, I'm too, I'm too reserved on here. Well, part of it is I think sometimes you'll drop something nice and one of us. I'm a nice guy, Gus. That's going in. One of us steps on the line. And that's, there's been some classic gold at times where I can't isolate it because three of us are talking at once or something like that. And somebody, often you, because you're the sidler, you know, you'll slide in there and throw a little grenade through the door. I like to be, you know, I I like to have a little discretion. So to Megan's question, girls shouldn't poop anywhere. Yeah. That's, if that for some reason there's an emergency and they have to poop, they need to have the door closed. There should be a time for women where like once a month they go to a facility that's only, that only houses women and is only employs women to where they unload. Like the menstruation hut back in, you know, primitive cultures. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going super rabbinic here, but I'm thinking. Something akin to Pregnancy Island. Sure. I'm thinking more of an island where they boat over to and then take care of their business and then... What if it's an island with a volcano on it so that it's self-cleaning? Like you poop now, into see, the volcano. Now you're using that big brain of yours. Well, that's what, those, that, that's what all that college did. That's what all those degrees are for. And that um, that way they get to take care of their business. But as God intended, we don't have to know about it. And we can continue our plausible deniability, which I'm maintaining until the good Lord takes me away. Let them get their nails and their hair done Hell while they're yeah. over there. Set up a spa. See, we don't even know. We, we, after a few generations, we as men won't even know what that island's for other than. We don't need to know. Other than that, they're going over there to get their hair did. We, we don't need to know. It's not any of our business. Hashtag feminism. They need to... Is, is this like sixth wave feminism? It is. And it is, but it isn't. And it is. I hope you like it very much. <laughs> I hope you like those three islands. But it needs to be... We need to get that. If it's not in the works now, if you're listening, Richard Branson, get to work on that. This would be something good for those uh, those folks in Dubai. You know, they're, they're always building islands. Yeah, I mean, they got... Yeah, they can build those artificial islands like nobody's business. Let's, I mean, just if you, if y'all listening, we'll throw one of those together. Gus and I will work on the funding for unlimited airfare for those who want to take part. I don't know about that, but we will definitely promote it on this podcast that is enjoyed around the world. And seat geek. We don't get any money from anybody. No, we don't. We'll push StubHub since, uh, PJ from Little Elm listens to us from time to time. All right. So is he StubHub money? He's StubHub money. That's what I like to hear. All right. We also have another note from Megan, which says, "This is a Megan-centric podcast." That's how she likes it. Also, I didn't realize how much of our music taste we have in common. I'm an old soul, and we can spin some records during our next podcast. Okay. I, I think I'm she ass- means you. I'm assuming you mean me. Yeah, I think she means you. I'm just gonna assume you mean me. So there you go. Yeah. That's that's our Megan moment of the you know episode. What? Megan, we don't even have to do a podcast. We can just get together and spin some records and see what happens. <laughs> Speaking of what, see what happens, we have an email from Fake Bailey J. Oh, Lord. 
FBJ is just one step away from full turn. Well, this uh, email is in this email, like most fake Bailey J emails is very short and to the point, And it is titled turnt. Oh, now we're talking. Don't deny it. The more you deny it, the more I know it's happening. And she says, getting me turnt cracks me up, y'all. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Thank Look, you, Bailey J, for that. FBJ. I had to it's, ex- o- it's okay, okay? It's okay to admit that it's starting to happen. And I, I mean, I don't even care. Like, it's not like you have to give up your identity or give up that part of you that enjoys the female persuasion. Just, you know, just let the light shine in just a little. Just crack the door and I'll kick it down. Let the love flow, as the Bellamy Brothers once told us. I love Bellamy Brothers. I listened to that Greatest Hits tape so much in high school. I was talking to somebody just a couple days ago about we were having the discussion of the albums or tapes that you listened to the most in high school. Right. Bellamy Brothers had to be up there. But for me, I was... I mean, I mentioned Bellamy Brothers, but the ones that came to mind were Keith Whitley's Greatest Hits. Oh, yes. Which, to me, is still probably a top fiver. That's such a damn good album. Hank Williams' Greatest Hits. Hank Williams Jr. Zeppelin Four. I mean, I wore that son of a bitch mm-hmm. out. Um, And then this was moving a little bit closer to freshman year of college. But Pearl Jam 10 also got solid album got played the hell out of now junior high wise the one that i remember that i wore the tape out so well two of them actually that i wore one in high school one in junior high that i wore the tape down so much that you couldn't read the songs on it were zz top eliminator oh and back in black standout albums right there and and highway to hell is actually my favorite but I listen to that more as a record than a tape. But as far as tapes that I wore out, those two, Eliminator and Back in Black, I mean, I literally wore, you know, sometimes you'd wear some of the writing off. Right. I wore those fuckers down to just white. I I think I did, well, I was a big fan of, because didn't have a whole lot of money, but I was a big fan of... The MCA extra value cassettes at the Walmart. Hello. And I you, had, you could get you some dandy Don Williams there. I had some George Jones that I, uh, Man, greatest I hits I ran the, the hell out of that. Love the possum. But I don't know how many times I listened to pronounced Leonard Skinner mm-hmm. and second helping Leonard Skinner. Those two albums. Yeah. Those were big. I had a Almond Brothers album. I don't remember which one it had. Sweet Melissa and Midnight Rider and a couple other things on it. Yeah. That I, I wore the hell out of that. That's greatness. And I I listened to a lot. I had on CD a lot of cult around. I never got into them. Around 89, 90. Yeah. All their albums. Heavy got into that too. But he and I were big into U2 and junior high. Early U2s. I, I th- we got we got real heavy on Joshua Tree and Rattle and Hum. Joshua Tree may be the best B side of any album of all time. I agree one hundred percent. And people that only know it from CDs and digitals, they don't know how impressive it was to either flip over an album or flip over that cassette and it'd be like another album altogether and just 
that's a lost art that we've lost with digital is that an album as I mean, as we grew up with an album to where it was, it wasn't just individual songs, but it was an album. Yes. And that the album made sense start to finish, right. that there was a difference between A side and B side. And there was a feel and a, yeah, a I mean, message. Just, and, I miss that. I do too. I really miss and that. And I'm as guilty as anybody now that I mostly use like streaming and it's for the most part just a random mix of favorites that I've pulled together or right. something. Yeah, there's no continuity. Now, I do enjoy it, although I've noticed my attention span. I think I've talked about this. I usually only have the attention span to play one side of a vinyl album. Yeah. I usually don't flip it over sometimes, but for the most part, it's just I'll play this one and then I'll move on to a different album. But I agree. That's something that's been lost. Now, Heavy and I got big into Tom Petty about the time that Full Moon Fever came out. So that would have been about 90 or about there. Yeah. And we listened to a lot of like U2 in that time period and Skinner there too, but lots of Tom Petty. Early Tom Petty. Yes. Sam the Torpedoes, Tom Petty. and I, I went back and listened to some of that album the other day and it just reminded me of how, especially for an early album, and I mean, I know there's tons of artists that are like this. I mean, even like Born to Run, you know, right. I mean, it, it wasn't his first album, but it was an early album that to make an album that good that early on. And at that age, that's right. the thing. Like, you know, when Springsteen did Born to Run, he was what? I mean, he was early 20s. Yeah, he was like 22 or something like that. That just blows my fucking mind. That's one of those things where. You know, there, there's something for longevity where people get better over time and they may do their best work 10, 15 years in. But most of the time, it seems to be you burn so fast and so bright for those guys that yeah. do that early stuff. But you get people like Springsteen who's done, and I'm not crazy about his stuff maybe in the last 20 years, but certainly he never has faltered. Right. You know, he's in petty for the same way but there's lots of people that have flashed and either figuratively burned out or actually literally burned out someday and we'll do it with heavy i want to talk about like graham parsons and stuff yeah. like that yeah i picked up a graham parsons autobiography or not in towns in towns a biography that one of his friends wrote i think or maybe it was a rolling stone guy but i hadn't got to read it yet i buy so many books that i never get around to it i know i'm so the bad same way. about i mean i've got hundreds of books and i even have a reading list that's usually about 10 books long and it's all i can do to my problem is staying focused on one book yeah. and not jumping to another yeah, and then trying that. to do more than one book at a time and it's yeah it's my, it's not as easy to do as it was earlier in life my problem is I just don't have enough time. Yeah. Time is an issue. And like, I don't watch a whole lot of TV no, to begin with. Me either. But at times, like if I go lay down in bed, even if I take the book with me or my Kindle, I prefer real books over the Kindle, but sometimes it's just easier. I bet I don't, I can't stay awake. If I lay down and I'm reading, I got yeah. maybe 10 minutes before I'm dozing off. Well, I know we want to wait on heavy, but that reminds me that once we get through it, we need to discuss that Vietnam series. Yeah. Because I just started episode one and I did, I made it through all but about the last 15 or 20 minutes and then I got so sleepy I had to go to sleep. But man, it's fantastic. 
I got to find a way to watch it. I hadn't looked to see uh, if it's on PBS's website since I don't have. I think a, so because it's on their app. Okay. I mean, it's on their free app. Free app. All so right. you should be able to watch. I mean, them I'd all. pay for it. I don't mind. It is so. I mean, I'm on. I'm only you know almost through the first episode, and I'm already hooked. Right. It's done so well. Burns. Burns can't do wrong as far as I'm concerned so far. No. I remember one time I watched. I think it was over two days. I watched that entire jazz series. I didn't see that one. It was so good. I mean, they're so long. I mean, it's a commitment. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I think all of the stuff, at least most, all, I think all of the stuff that I've watched of his, even though it's a big commitment, it's been worth it. Yeah. He's just a craftsman with it. Yeah. He's like heavy with hides. Yeah. Speaking of hides, did you see, uh, Travis? TB. I saw uh, him slaughtering a couple of cows today. Yeah, and, uh, he had he had a pretty Im- impressive skin time on yeah, that. But he heifer he, or whatever he was uh, working on. He didn't save the hides. He so not that I could have saved myself, but it's been a long time since I tried to tan anything. And I had a friend in college that was so good at that, and I, I mean, I really regret that I didn't it just takes, hang out with him long enough to learn yeah, the art of it. It's it's. You have to know the chemicals and stuff and what to use, but it's also such a commitment. You know, you can't just half-ass. And That's what always happened to me and Heavy. We would start off strong. Yeah. You know, we'd get them fleshed or whatever, and then we'd come time to let the hair slip or whatever. If We were were always trying to just make buckskin. Right. Or most of the time. And it would sit too long. You'd have a barrel full of maggots and stinking high heaven. The worst was when I decided to try to brain tan. And this is back before we knew about like elk wasting disease. And you're you're knee deep in spongiform right. encephalopathy. So I, I got a a friend of the family. They had uh, they finally they'd waited till almost after Christmas, and they'd gone and they just went and filled out their tags. They, they just got all the does they could and everything, and yeah, just some spikes and stuff. And so they brought me back the heads with the hides attached. So I'm out in the bottom end of my pasture down by the creek, <laughs> sawing heads manually to get the brains out. And then I waited till it was a little bit warmer because it was frosty that day. Yeah. At least the sun was out. I'm out there boiling brains out back to the house and doing the brain tan. Yeah. That's how the Indians did it. They would boil the brains in the stomach. Comanche and then, style. And then they would rub that brain into the hide and then smoke them. Well, I did the rubbing (laughs) and I went to, it was cold and I'm stinking to high heaven or I I knew I stunk because it didn't smell good, but I didn't realize how bad I stunk. Yeah. And so I went to the back door to go inside and my mom like, no, you can't come in. Man, that, that reminds me of a time at one of my most, which I had a lot of them, but one of my most embarrassing moments in college was... My buddy, who was the ultimate outdoorsman and was, he was the one who did all the tanning right. and everything. I'd been deer hunting. I went deer hunting one morning early before class. I had like a nine o'clock class and I'd already had all of my skips and I couldn't miss again or I'd fail the class. And I was doing fine in the class, but if I right, missed again, you, I was yeah. going to fail. But I decided to go deer hunting that morning. So of course I got a deer and I was pressed for time. I dressed it and then dropped off. He had a house that was like in between out where I went hunting and where the school was. 
And so I just, I mean, I, I was busting ass back to school and I stopped off at his house and just threw it in the back of his truck. Right. And left him a, you know, a note that said, you know, please get to work on this. I'll be back after class. I was, I mean, I didn't have time to go back to my house. Cause I had a house too that was with some other guys that was off campus, but it was on the other side yeah, of school. Out of the way. So I didn't have time to go by there to change, but I was <laughs> like, shit, I've got to go to class. And class was, had already been going about 10 minutes and I walked into class and I was wearing overalls. I had, Blood and guts all over me. I smelled like a hobo's ass and I, I was so embarrassed, but I knew I had to go in because right. this, I knew this professor would just fail my ass if I didn't show up. And I walked in and sat down and of course all my buddies were just laughing their <laughs> ass off and I smelled terrible, but I made it. But my buddies, they gave me hell about that for the whole year. Now, the funny thing is, you know you're not the only person at that school that ever walked in. No. From just having dressed something. There were, yeah. That was a dressing kind of school. Yeah. Yeah. My mom went and got, the way I remember it, my mom went and got the soap and I had to uh, hose off with well water outside (laughs) on a frosty December morning. (laughs) Nice. Get your little soft water rub down. And the... The sad thing is that I had to go back to school maybe the next week, and just like every time, just about the hides didn't get tended, and yeah. ended up just throwing them out in the out, out somewhere in a ditch. That so, sucks. Anyway, all right, let's hit some of those. We, let's hit some of these. So we got a lot here now. We may we may even do a next episode of just an AMA. Can you hear me? Style. We may. This we've had this email for a little bit, and this is from Interstand Man. And a fellow lover of the hot link. Yes. And he just titles it question. Boom. Now I kind of wish heavy was here because I know he has some HSOs about it. He's got HSOs about everything. Of course he does. But Stan man just says 30 out six or two seventy. question. Explain. I can tell you, and this is probably just because, well, there's no doubt. It's just because of my own personal experience. I had a 30 ox six that was my baby that before I got into bow hunting was, I mean, your go-to, that was my right hand. And so I'm always going to lean 30 ox six. I never had a 270. I had a buddy of mine that had one that I borrowed one time, but I'm going to lean 30 ox six. So dad has a 270 and I've got a. 30 out six, 1903 A3 Springfield that's been sporterized, but it can shoot better than I can. Man, those, the range on those things. And then I have an M1 Garand in 30 out six. So that's my, I don't have a 270 myself. Now, ballistically, the case from a reloading standpoint, the case of a 270 and a 30 out six are the same case. Right. It's just neck down to the 270. Now, the old, Wisdom was the 270 shot flatter. Yeah. And that might but, be marginally uh, true, but out, out past a certain point, the 30 out six is going to fly truer. Right. Cause you're going to be able to put a heavier bullet weight, which isn't going to be deflected as much by wind as a lighter weight 270. If I was still hunting with a rifle, which I haven't done once I got into bow hunting, I just dissed the rifle. But if I was still hunting with a rifle, I would go right back to that 30 arc six. 
there's nothing wrong with 30 out six whatsoever. There's nothing wrong for most big game in America or in the North America with the 270. No, no. I mean, it's, it'll do the trick for sure. But I think you start to, I don't think you can, I know you can't. I'm trying to remember what the bullet weight is. I think it's like 165 or something where you can't go past that with the 270. Right. So you can go up to a higher bullet weight with the 30 out six and have more stability. You may have a little bit more bullet drop and a little more arc, but for the most part, most people aren't going to notice that. So I would go with the 30 out six because the 30 out six is enough for anything in North America. Yeah. I Traditionally, mean, if, that's the, been the rule. If you can't put it down with a 30 out six, then you're just, you're hunting the wrong right. game. Now, maybe I want something heavier if I'm like in serious, like grizzly country. Yeah. But as far as going for elk or even moose or black bear, any of the deer, the 30 out six is plenty. Now, you heavy shoots 25 out six, which of course is just oh, neck yeah. down, same case, neck down to, to right. a, I've never that hunted size. with that. I've, I'm not even sure I've ever shot heavy, so I don't have any experience with it. But obviously, you're going to get probably some higher velocity, but you're going to be throwing a much lighter weight bullet right. around. So I would go for the 30 out six. That's what's in my safe. And that's what I would probably go with. Well, and with that, you don't have any doubt that you're going to be able to drop whatever you see. Right. Or I would also go 308, which is basically a ballistically equivalent to the 30 out six. Right. For the most part. And I do have a 308 FAL, but, uh, and that's probably my favorite gun to shoot. Although, hold on just a second. Uh oh. Gus has left the building. He's walking outside. He's going to his truck. I'm assuming he's going to return with some sort of artillery, as he usually does. He may or may not be wearing a Chewbacca ammunition band, but he has something in his hand. It is a firearm. Oh, this is his... Yes! Man, is this new? Yes. So, just Ooh. on September 1st, in the state of Texas, it's legal to own this firearm. That is a nice joker right there. So, what you have there is a Remington 870 Express TAC-14. That feels good, too. And the 14 stands for the 14-inch barrel that comes factory installed. Well, that's a scatter plus. It is a beast. Golly. <clears throat> Okay, so... Well, that feels good in your hands yes. right there. We've talked in the past, for a shotgun, legally, for a shotgun that's designed to be used from the shoulder, it has to have an 18-inch barrel and a minimum overall length of 24 inches, according to the National Firearms Act. You can't... <laughs> Boy, you're going to have a hard time taking this home. You can't... Build a pistol shotgun shorter than 24 inches, or maybe it's 20 inches. I can't remember exactly. But this falls in between the gray area between a pistol shotgun, which would fall under the AOW category. Have you even shot this thing? Yeah, a couple of times. I ran through uh, about three boxes through it and my dad's. How's the kick? I have busted knuckles from shooting it one-handed. Yeah. You got to wear gloves if you're going to do that any length. But overall, it's a great. Anyway, 
since this was only manufactured as a not a shoulder fired weapon and it's longer than the minimum length that qualified as an AOW right it's legal in this gray firearm area and it is badass so if you took yeah. that grip off and replaced it with a shorter grip it would be illegal without a tax stamp man this thing feels really good in your hands it's awesome i can't wait till you get to shoot it yeah we need to go shoot and once it cools off just yes. a little bit we need to go cuz my dad my dad bought one for me, him, That's and my nice. brother as a toy, like we needed more guns. I don't even want to know what it cost. It wasn't very expensive. Really? Yeah. There's the price. Oh, man. And I think you got it a little bit cheaper than that. Now I won't have to buy one of those. It's great. Man, that's nice. It, it, and my... Did they just start selling them this year? I think they started selling them last year. Okay. But in Texas, they weren't legal till September 1st because Abbott signed over a law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think only Ohio and Texas, they were illegal. So now we can carry this and a sword. Yes. So how bad is that? That's all we need. 14-inch barrel. I haven't patterned it. I'm sure it blows a fucking Oh, my barn. gosh. But, uh, this is going to be right in line with me starting to watch that series Justified. Yes. So uh, the boys shot it, and... <laughs> <laughs> they hold on? Well, the at the first one... Um, my middle one, and he's, he's small stature like I was at that age. You know, he's 11. Right. So I held the receiver while he held it just to make sure it wasn't going to go crazy. Cause it's a pump, you know, it's not, uh, going to be an automatic, semi auto, you know, with any danger of him shooting it twice, but he did fine. And then I let him, he wanted to hold it just by himself. So I'm like, all right. And it spun the gun back around towards me because he wasn't holding it tight the first time. But after that, he knew what he was up for. He was like a surgeon with that son of a bitch. You know, he was hitting everything within reason. You know, we're shooting steel targets and we had a uh, two before post that I normally mount silhouette targets on. He, he was hitting it just, you know, and it was close. It was like here to your couch, but it was funny. That's what you want if somebody breaks into your house. Fuck yeah. First off, that sound right there. Yeah, and you're not going to miss bricks. either. No. You're going to have to do some serious spackle work afterwards. But it's badass. That's like that. I like that um, for a home protection pistol. I like that judge. Yeah, I've I've thought about getting one of those. And I still think I might. But And right now, this is sitting in the safe. I mean, it's not out. Yeah. But most everything of mine's in the safe. Or, I, you know what? We have a, a pistol safe, you know, the the quick access, but it's got a a Glock in it. Anyway, I wanted you to see that. I thought oh, that's that, nice. So, and Real nice. There's enough of it, like I said, between my dad and my brother. And my brother's already shot skeet with it. <laughs> How'd he do? He hit. Man, that that's what I want to do. That'd so be fun. We got three of them now. Next time we shoot skeet, so oh, we can just man. line up and. But I'll wear gloves. I, I shot them. I shot you know dual wielding. Yeah, and I you know you can still see I've got yeah tore up knuckles from it because it it slides back on you. Well, you know we can only take so many skeet before we just start shooting one handed. It's very very <laughs> short. It's like one box, and then yeah. we're. We're back to just dicking around. It's been too long since we shot. Well, we hadn't shot in a long time. We need to go again. All right. Um, I've got some other emails. How about we do this? We'll do a couple more emails. Then we'll just do a whole episode of emails. And we'll do a whole episode of Twitter. AMA. We got a lot. AMA. All right. 
So hopefully we answered uh, Stan Man's thing. All right, let's see here. Stay hard on those hot links, Sam. So Man. Dan from Melbourne, he emails us again. Good eye. He says, "Irregardless" is his title. Oh boy, I'm currently That's listening right up to your, there with peaked my interest. Right, I'm currently listening to your back catalog. Spelled the English spelling. Ooh. I felt compelled to make a couple of comments. My girlfriend, ooh la la. Well, Brian. And I would also scoff at those who said irregardless. We were surprised and a little disappointed to find that it may be correct English. And he links to a... Uh, but even even if it is correct English, the people using it are not aware of that. No, you're... Well, no... See, I think they think it's correct. Well, yeah, but they're they're wrong. They're still wrong. And I go back to this talking with my boys at times, and Mrs. Gustav backs me up. There are times where there may be something that might technically be correct. But it just sounds it wrong. It just sounds wrong. Yeah. And that's more for speech. Right. Now, I'm a stickler for trying to make every email, every white paper, everything. The as, written word is different. Yeah, as correct as possible. Sure. But since we spend an awful lot of time talking for people to listen to what sounds right i think is better now yeah. granted our english teachers are probably rolling over in their oh uh, rocking chairs right now but we'll never forget that a lot is two words you know what thanks to that big ass sign i texted somebody today and i had a lot in it and i almost put his two words in parentheses but i knew they wouldn't get it because they didn't live through us we had an English teacher that had a big ass sign in her room that had a lot as one word with a big circle and a line through it. You know what? Good for her. Hell yeah. That shit worked. And you know what? That is one of the most common mistakes I see. Absolutely. And, and it, every time I see it, I think of her. I do. We think of her a lot. Yeah. Every time I eat an apple. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you got a Burt Reynolds laugh out of me on that. <laughs> so Dan also has a second comment. He says, this is in regards to remakes of films. For me, both versions of Cape Fear are great. Can't think of any others. Or he says, cannot think of any others. And I doubt there are many. I'm still a big fan of your banter. Keep it up. All the best from Melbourne, Australia from Dan. Both That's, Cape Fears are awesome. Both Cape Fears are awesome. That's a great topic, though. I'm trying to think of some really good remakes. So I think we need more time for that one. Yeah. And we'll see if Heavy can think of anything. I doubt he can because he's not as well versed in film as you and I are. Right. He's going to start talking about Gunsmoke, Texas history on us again, and Davy Crockett, and you were there. <laughs> I think you can watch all those You Are There films on YouTube. <laughs> that would be a throwback. I don't think I want to, though, because I remember it as being so cool, and they're probably so, the acting is probably so cheesy oh, and yeah, terrible. It's, 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 it's awful. It has to be. But as a kid, they were awesome. I wanted to be in those so bad. Yeah. You I mean, you're are at there. the fucking Alamo. All right. This one is kind of a, I have uh, feedback from this and an outside text from Ernesto Bloom that I'll tie in here. I've still got your painting hanging in prominent position, Ernesto. Did you see his Ron Swanson this week? So good. I want Ron. I really want Nick to reply to that. I saw your tweet that included him. Mm -hmm. I was he so hoping I was he hoping. would. Hey, did you see 
that because Megan did True Lies on her podcast recently. Yes. Did you see that Tom Arnold liked some of seriously? Yes, because I I threw him I in saw there. Some of that, yeah. I'm hoping to get him drawn in, Man, and he liked awesome. some of Stan Man's uh, tweets. That he was, was so good in that. He's the best in that. Yeah. All right. This is from one Michael Hernandez. Hello. Of the Country Club, Hernandez. That's right. Entitled Brown Drink. He was big timing us with that Heim barbecue tonight. Yeah. Good evenings to the Warden of the North. Question for Ty and Heavy since Gustav doesn't partake in the brown drink. First off, are you a Scotch or bourbon man? Mm. Secondly, power rank your top three. I'm a Scotch fella. Oh. McAllen would have to be my number one. I mean, that's really asking me to choose between my kids. Right. My, um, I drink more bourbon than I do scotch. I can't, I mean, McAllen is my favorite scotch, at least recently. But as far as bourbon or whiskey, I went on a stretch where I would really drank a lot of Woodford and I love Woodford. The one that I haven't tried that I heard that's really good is the TX. Mm -hmm. Um, right now I'm drinking that Herman Marshall, um, Temptress. Yeah. Which That's is really what you're good. That's what drinking tonight. That's what I'm drinking tonight. It's Thank really you. good. Um, I went through a stretch where I drank that Knob Creek Reserve, mm-hmm. which was also really good. That small batch. I think I bought some of that for my dad and my brother. Yeah, it was really good too. Um, that's tough though. You're going to have to give me some time to think on that, Mike. There's so many. Good ones and so many that I drink. Well, considering that we threw it out there that it was going to be a brown drink night for you, Ernesto Bloom texted me saying that um, he believes that Russell Reserve single batch is the balls. Yeah. And he says, don't fail to mention that I'm an <laughs> idiot on brown drink, but can accomplish great things where most of his painting comes through as well as, uh, you know, welding and shooting and whatever else i mean i feel like that for anyone any connoisseur of the brown drink that pappy van winkle is the ultimate um it's incredibly expensive but it's worth every penny it's fantastic there's still a number of them that are really good that i i haven't ventured into i seem to kind of get fixated on one and i may drink that for six months or so and just that right that's kind of how I was with Woodford. I don't have anything to say on it. Just, no, you're a you know I'm you're a teetotaler, teetotaler, and that's worked out for heavy in my life. So you know, and my wife. So there you go. Uh, uh, I mean, I still enjoy Bullet, which is not an expensive brown drink, but you know, I went through a stretch where I I drank a lot of Bullet, and there's nothing wrong with that either. We got a live uh, Snapchat from uh, Nikki Campbell saying brown drink is gross. The end. Well. I bet you'd enjoy it more if you had a sip with me. I guarantee that's true. Guarantee that's true. Sip is in parentheses. <laughs> sip. All right. We got more Maybe emails brackets, here. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever you, whatever you want. Yeah. Thank you uh, for your email, Mr. Hernandez. We love you, Mike. We do love you, Mike. He's a good dude. Good dude. Let's get together and hang out at the country club. You're no stranger to the country club. I'm not a stranger to the country club. Are you? You remember that on Beverly Hills Cop? What, what was it? The Are you the one that created the disturbance <laughs> at the Harold Club? <laughs> the Harold Club. I also always think of uh, 
Fletch at the Country Club, too. Oh, yeah. Put that on the Underhills bill. Yes. Two lo- lobster thermidors. <laughs> I'm sorry. My car just hit a water buffalo. Oh, man. That's such a damn good movie. <sighs> that I- was... That was peak Chevy. I hope they never remake that. You know, they talk about... Yeah, uh, they keep talking about... Zach Braff remaking that. That comes up about every two or three years that they're yeah. going to remake that, and it never happens. I, I I want them to just leave it alone. All right. We get one from good old Dale, the Valley Butcher. And he nice. says, this is titled, Powerful Smell. Okay. Evening, Gus, Ty, dramatic pause, Sheriff. <laughs> That's a callback to uh, Nottingham Valley Butcher identifying that heavy sounds like the sheriff from the Walt Disney version of uh, Robin Hood. Man, I can't, I can't picture that without thinking of him now. I can't either. When I was a kid, we had a huge lilac bush growing right outside my bedroom window. When my great grandpa would take me fishing, he always smoked a pipe. To this day, the smell of lilacs or pipe tobacco always makes me feel calm. On the other hand, the smell of Southern comfort makes my mouth start to water the way it does right before I puke. Okay. I'm curious what smells, both good and bad, conjure strong memories for you. Keep up the good work, Valley Butcher. I I can tell you one that does it for me because we had a bunch of it out behind our house and my grandparents' house is honeysuckle. Okay, yeah. Had some outside the, uh, the house there at my parents'. And as a kid, I thought... Eating honeysuckle was the coolest thing of right. all time. And I remember that passing that tradition down to my kids was, uh, that was a special moment for me. So I love the smell still of mothballs. Okay. Cause that reminds me of old people and, you know, that I grew up around, great grandparents, grandparents. You still like napalm in the morning? I do like an awful lot of chemical smells. Yeah. So I still like gas, uh, gun oil. There's gun a couple of different, good. you know, hops number nine solvent. Oh, uh, that does smell good. LPS. The other one I like is, and this goes back to when it reminds me of my dad and grandfather shining their shoes. Oh yeah. Smell that old, mm-hmm. sh- you know, shoe yeah. polish, uh, Kiwi shoe polish. That's. And I, I still shine my boots. Me too. I still have a box just like my yep. dad and granddad have where you put all your shoe shine yep. shit in there. And I get, get my towel out and lay everything yep. out and go through the ritual. It's an art. It is. And I do love the smell of that. I love the smell of brake cleaner fluid. Yeah. That's a good one. I remember one day when I was in college in organic chemistry lab, we were doing some type of cracking of some molecule and Somewhere along like the 20 steps we had to do, it started releasing some chemical that my dad used some variant of it in the shop. And I was like, I can't remember what this was, but I know it. This is my childhood right here, you know. So I'm very, I love cedar. Yeah, I like cedar. I like, um, like and was was there any class that people freaked out more than O-Chem to like people just like, Quit school yeah. in the first week of that class. And, you know, I found that so much easier. I think I've told how I thought I was going to be a chemistry minor because I loved organics so much. Yeah. And then I went and signed up for PCHEM, and I went to buy the book, and it was like five <laughs> inches thick and no pictures. Right. And I went and dropped it and was never a chemistry minor again. Yeah, organic was the best. I also love the smell of hard tanned leather. 
Yes. I mean, I like buckskin and everything, but that smell of like going into a leather store and there aren't oh. many left anymore or a saddle shop or an a old, s- an old boot store, a saddle shop. And I can still, um, my grandfather had a feed and fertilizer yeah. business, you know, and I can still smell those smells. And part of it was there was a section over there where there was a lot of leather mm-hmm. goods and stuff. And I can still smell that. I still like the smell of WD-40, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I love the smell of... Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you want to put any restrictions on that or... Good... (laughs) (laughs) I was about to name a couple counties that might be... We love you, Dale. Exceptions (laughs) We appreciate that. All right. Moving on to our next one. This is save some of these for next time too. How far are we in? We're at closing time. Okay. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll close it up and then we'll start on the next one all after right. you go smoke a pack. I know. I'm itching. All right. We love you all. We love your emails. We love your Twitter questions. We love your smell. We love your smell. We love your stank. We love your. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be the title? <laughs> Email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com, and I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Excuse me, senor. You are a member of the club? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm with the Underhills. They are left, senor. That's all right. They'll be back. He went out for his urinalysis. Would you like some drinks, senor, while you wait? I will put it on the Underhills bill. Yes, very good. I'll have a Bloody Mary and a steak sandwich and... A steak sandwich, please. Very good, senor. Help me, Galloway Kenobi. You're my only hope. Galloway Kenobi. Galloway Kenobi. All right, okay. Now, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. A long time. That's a first time in a long time. And I love that first time long time. And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Sally. Good night from Dallas, Texas. <laughs>